Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Our text this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the story of the Good Samaritan, which we've all heard so many times. And um, what inspired me to do this was I got, a, I got an email from our homeowners association president who wanted me to write an article for the, for the newsletter because the, this HOA has been so contentious. They're always fighting with each other. And it's over dumb stuff, shrubs and gates and, and all that kind of thing. And I, I finally said to the president some time ago, I said, you know, we've got to get out of this homeowner association talk and start talking about being a neighborhood. We are neighbors above and beyond an association. We all have to pause for the speed bumps. We have to wait for the gates. We have to try to brave the traffic when we get out on Vanderbilt Beach. But ultimately, we're supposed to be neighbors. So that's why I thought of this. And of course, I thought at the same time of Mr. Rogers and his wonderful little song, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And if you ever watched that show, I mean, how many of us have loved to make fun of Mr. Rogers, such a, a kind, nerdy guy? And, um, but if you watch him, he listened. He paid attention. He heard and, and thought about the other, whether it was little kids or, or grown-ups or the people behind the cameras or even grouchy people. He, he, would, uh, he would pay attention to them because he made a decision. Of course, he was a Presbyterian minister as well, but he made a decision to love. And that's ultimately what this is all about. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus replied, pardon me, I skipped a little bit. One day an expert of religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him a question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds and with olive oil and, and wine and bandaged them. 
Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandit? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, now, yes, go and do the same. God had his understanding to this hearing of his word. So the road to Jericho from Jerusalem was tight, windy. It dropped 3,000 feet. Jericho, was, which was below sea level, and, and Jerusalem, which was like at 2,300 feet. And it was a, a haven for bandits to hide out and, and to jump upon those who just happened to be traveling alone. So a man is traveling down this road, and this was a common occurrence. And so when Jesus told this story, they had plenty of antecedents to understand what he was talking about. He's traveling down the road, and of course he's attacked by bandits, and he's left for dead. Took all of his stuff. And along comes one of the denominational authorities, one from the temple, a big shot very important religious person saw the man on the side of the road and probably perhaps was worried about a number of things maybe if he got near this man and he didn't know whether he was dead or alive that it might affect his purity his ritual purity that to go close to a dead man he would be made un unclean or perhaps if he stopped, he would be attacked by those same bandits. We all know there are good reasons why one ought to pass on the other side of a road. We don't know if he was a shill, somebody who was planted there to, to capture someone else along the side of the road. And so the priest tiptoes on the far side of this man and moves on. And then another denominational authority out of the temple comes and he stops and looks closely perhaps sees that the man is breathing so as far as he's concerned he's good enough to be recovering and so he continues on then the Samaritan comes and we all know that term Samaritan we all know the term the Good Samaritan all kinds of Good Samaritan laws all over the country but the Samaritans were those who were the ancestors of those who stayed behind during the Babylonian exile. This was hundreds of years earlier, but the brightest and best were carried off to Babylon, and those who stayed behind, turns out that they mixed with the Canaanite people, and they started worshiping Canaanite gods and kind of created sort of a synthesis of Judaism and, and uh, the pagan Canaanite religions. And so they, they became arch enemies to the Jews. So when the Jews came back, the Samaritans had, had developed a, uh, an entirely different culture. They set up a new place to worship on Mount Gerizim. And so they were, they were in, in 
harsh antagonism toward one another. Jews traveling from Galilee to the south would divert themselves over to the Jordan Valley and travel down the valley rather than take the short route right through Samaria, right, right through Samaritan territory. They were hated, hated people, despised, deplorables. And so we have this kind of antipathy that had been set up. And they wanted nothing to do with each other. So it's a Samaritan that comes along, Jesus says. And it's the Samaritan, the hated one, who helps. The Samaritan who picks him up, puts him on his own donkey, takes him into town, checks him into an inn, gives him enough money to cover that, plus food, assuming the place didn't have one of those free breakfasts in the morning. <laughs> Give him enough food and, and then says, if there's anything else, next time I, I pass through, I'll, I'll, I'll make good. Now here's what's interesting. Jesus could have told the story in which it was a Samaritan on the side of the road and a Jewish guy comes along, sees the Samaritan, and helps him out. And then the Jewish guy would have been viewed as a hero. What a great guy he was. I mean, this is a, this is a wonderful man who helped that poor Samaritan out. But instead, the man beat up on the side of the road is a Jewish guy. And first comes a temple authority, one of the highest, most authoritative Jews in the culture. And he ignores one of his own people. Then a more normal guy comes by, another Jewish guy, and he ignores one of his own people. But then the one to come by was a Samaritan. And he helps one who is not his own. He helps one who is needy and broken. And so Jesus then asks, sort of turning the tables on the whole question, because the man asking the question was one of those religious lawyer types. One of those who wanted to not just justify himself, perhaps even wanted to justify his legitimate reasons for hating. Wanted to justify his ability or his right to define people out of his particular perimeter of compassion. Well, I can love my neighbor, but who is my neighbor? Well, the Old Testament says my neighbor is, is my Jewish friends. Who's my neighbor? Gotcha there, Jesus. Gotcha. And Jesus has got him. Because his question is ultimately, I do have the right to hate him, don't I? Seems like we as a, as a nation are, are in that kind of tough place right now. Seems that there's so much talk 
through media, social media, and relations with other people with whom we may disagree. But somehow, because we disagree, we have a right to hate. We have a right to define them out of our perimeter of compassion and care. But somehow, because we don't see things the way we we don't see things in the same way, that that person is more than just one with whom we disagree. If we polarize ourselves enough, then that person is evil. And we hear it all the time. And it's frightful. It's scary. And it doesn't seem to stop. My Sunday afternoon ritual apart from getting a little bit of a nap, is to watch the Sunday afternoon program, the news shows. <laughs> and I don't like them so much anymore. I want to hear intelligent commentary. Instead, what we're hearing is personal attacks back and forth. I want to hear legitimate, reasonable arguments and discussion. That's why we do our Issues Hour so that we can have our differences of opinion and, and voice those opinions and demonstrate we still love one another. We still care for one another. And, and that we can affirm one another despite being different. And it seems that we're in a place in our national history where we have to do more than just be civil or just be tolerant. Now think about it. If you've ever had a friend who is having trouble in their marriage, and they say, well, we're civil, we're tolerant of each other, you would say, you're in trouble. <laughs> no, it's gotta be more than civility. It's gotta be more than mere tolerance. It's gotta be love for each other. We've gotta love each other. We've gotta demonstrate something higher and greater than just the typical stuff that we have seen. We have to love each other. Before my senior year in high school, before we could get in the gym, I was playing out on the asphalt court outside the gym. And one of the guys was, uh, that I was playing against was a tight end on the football team. Big kid, about 220 pounds, fast, long arms, huge hands. He was, he was actually one of those that they thought might become a, an All-American, great athlete. So he was on the other side. And we're playing, we're going back and forth, up and down the court. And, and this guy, I go for a layup, and, and he was undercutting me. He was running underneath me and knocking my legs out from under me. And I, I thought, well, one time that's, you know, I can, I can understand that. Then we, just a little bit later, he did it again. He knocked me out. He, he did this again. I said, Jackson, knock it off. Cut it out. Then he did it again. <laughs> And something in me snapped. I got down on my feet 
And without even thinking, I turned and I, wow, right across the face. Nailed it. Felt so good. <laughs> and all the guys on the team threw up their arms, yeah, fight. <laughs> and so they came, they all came over and grabbed us and that was the end of it. Till the next day. Jackson. I saw him. The next morning I saw him as I was walking into campus. He was standing there, huge young man. Stunningly handsome. And he stood and watched me walk up the sidewalk. So I walked, walking right at him. And I was going to walk right by him. And he said, Kurt, I'm sorry. You're my brother. And we hugged. I just said, thanks, Jackson. You're my brother. And it was a, it was a wonderful experience, a wonderful moment. He, of course, became a friend. And more than an acquaintance, he became a friend. He was a brother. And then that spring, we lost, we lost him. He, he hit a palm tree late one Friday night. And, uh, and I was so devastated to lose such a friend. And I look back on that experience on the basketball court with shame. Yeah, I popped. I let my emotions rule, as if emotions mean anything. I've heard somebody say, the only people who really care about your feelings are your therapist and your mother. Emotions. To act out of emotion is to do some very dangerous, damaging things. But Jackson acted out of his faith. I hate to say it, he was a Baptist. <laughs> he acted out of faith. And, and picked me up out of the ditch that I was in. And we love one another. And we love our enemies. We love our neighbors. We love our friends. We love everyone. Will you bow with me in prayer? Oh Lord, you loved us even though we were your enemies, as the Apostle Paul reminds us. You love us still even though we do wrong things. Empower us, O oh Lord, by the work of your Holy Spirit within us to love one another, even those with whom we disagree. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.